this message is going to be different. It may sound like it's going to be something just for men, but it's not. Uh, what prompted me to uh, do this was the Lord, uh, but going to see the movie Show Me the Father. Uh, if you haven't seen it, I suggest that you get to the theater. I'm not sure how long it'll be in the theaters. just came out last week, but a lot of times... Christian movies aren't very well attended, unfortunately. Uh, it was a Kendrick Brothers movie, if you're familiar with them. Um, War Room, Courageous, uh, what was the other? Fireproof, I think was the name of the other one. Um, but Facing the Giants, one of my favorite movies. And that's the kind of movie I was expecting. But it was something totally different. And it was just exactly what I needed to see, needed to hear. And so uh, I praise the Lord for getting me there. But uh, take advantage of it. Uh, get to see it. Uh, take your whole family. Uh, anybody else that will go with you. But let's pray. Father, we just give you thanks that you always know just exactly what we need. And you always meet those needs. Uh, sometimes we don't see the need, but once you have met it, then we can look back and say, yeah, that was just what I needed. And God provided, just like he always does. So as we look at this message, Father, uh, help us to get the message that you have for us. And Lord, I, I just praise you for... Uh, the way you always meet our needs. And Lord, just let your Holy Spirit uh, open our ears, minds, and hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. When I was going to seminary, there was always debates about using the masculine form for God. Uh, father, him, his, whatever. Uh, that there were some people that, you know, were totally against that, you know, and just would just shudder when you would use one of those terms. And I understand that some have or are having a very negative experience with males in their lives. Father, uncle, grandfather, coach, pastor, you know, whoever it may be. And I'm not trying to trivialize that. Um, but, you know, we're not comparing apples to oranges. You know, on a scale of 110, 1 to 10, 1 being your bad experience and God being the other end of that spectrum, uh, God would be 1... I'm not sure if I can pronounce this correctly, Google Plexian, which is the largest known number that there is. Okay, it's a one with a gazillion zeros behind it, I guess. Because God is the perfect father, and so there's no comparison. You know, if your father molested you, beat you, you know, whatever, that's has nothing to do with God. And, you know, I'm sorry 
that you are or had to go through whatever it was. But don't compare that relationship with God because there is just zero comparison. So to start on the same page, let's put all those prejudices aside, yours and mine, okay? But we need to realize that fatherlessness is a real problem. In the movie Show Me the Father, they gave some statistics. Unreal. But let me give you some that, that I found. It says 85% of youths sitting in jail grew up in a home without a father. Children who grow up in fatherless homes are twice as likely as those with fathers to end up in jail. Children who grew up in a home separate from their father are 4.3 times more likely to be smokers. Children who grew up without a father are twice as likely to drop out of high school. Children without fathers are four times more likely to have emotional or behavioral problems that require assistance. Approximately 75% of teenage suicides occur in a home where one parent is absent. Okay, now this is connected, this next one, to that one. Because 63% of youth suicides are from a fatherless home. Okay, it says you do the math. If 75% of teen suicides are where there is one parent absent, but 63% are from fatherless homes, only 12% of teenage suicides are from motherless homes. The remaining 25% are from homes with both parents. 15 to 19-year-old girls that grow up in one-parent homes are far more likely to engage in premarital sex. If a mother attends church regularly with her children, but without the father, only 2% will choose to become regular churchgoers as adults. If a father attends church regularly with his children, even without the mother, 44% will choose to become regular churchgoers. And the last one, 75% of young patients seeking substance abuse treatment are from fatherless homes. That's 10 times the average. Okay, now these statistics are for all races, but the article you know, says that they're much higher in the black community. Okay, many children believe that normal is to live without your father <coughs> because so many of their friends, classmates, that's what they see. And so that's what they think is normal. And they're surprised to see friends that live with both parents. 23% of minors live in single parent homes. And worldwide, it's 7% of children that live in single-parent homes. In the U.S., 23%. So where am I going with this? One place. 
Fathers, it is time to step up and be a man and take responsibility for what you've created. Cannot put it any simpler than that. We read about pro athletes and entertainers, singers, actors, whatever, that have six, seven, eight children with that many women. I doubt that very many of those men are trying to be father to those children. And it's not just pro athletes and entertainers that live that way. Those are the ones that, you know, you read about in Entertainment Tonight or whatever it may be. More than 15 times, Jesus refers to God as my father in the Gospels. Many of those are in the book of John. I often say Jesus came to give us salvation, but also to give us an example. That is why Jesus refers to God as your father an equal number of times in speaking with the disciples and speaking with those that he was teaching. And when asked by his disciples for an example of prayer, <coughs> excuse me, how does Jesus begin that prayer? Our Father. Okay, not my Father, not God, but our Father. Jesus has an intimate relationship with his Father and wants us to have the same. And I believe he wants that relationship to spill over to our being an earthly father. Tony Evans, a favorite pastor of mine, was in the movie, Show Me the Father. Tony spoke about the blessing. Okay, in the Old Testament, the blessing is mentioned often and the importance of it. Okay, it was normal at that time that the oldest son would receive the blessing or a larger more important part of the blessing than any of the younger sons. Daughters, you were pretty much out of luck. Genesis 25, we find Jacob, the younger of the twins, conning Esau, his older brother, out of his birthright. That might not seem like a big deal to us. But now... Jacob is to be seen as the number one son, which is very important in that culture. I mean, he lost out by, what, maybe a minute or something, naturally. But now he's stolen that birthright from his brother. Genesis 27, Isaac is about to bless Esau in verses 2 through 4. He tells Esau, he says, you know, I'm really hungry. You know, why don't you go hunting and, and get me something good to eat? You know, bring it back and prepare it for me. And after I've eaten, then I'm going to bless you. And so Rebecca hears this. So now Jacob, with mom's help, is about to steal Esau's blessing. I mean, Rebecca, she helps Jacob right down to putting goat skins on his arms. 
You know, she has him go get a couple of goats and she prepares the meal for him. She fixes the meal for Isaac. Jacob lies to Isaac and tells him, you know, when, when Isaac says, boy, I didn't take you long to go hunting and get the meal and all. And Jacob says, the Lord your God gave me success in hunting. Well, Isaac eats up and he blesses Jacob, thinking that he's blessing Esau. Esau returns <laughs> and he was ticked. Okay, that blessing he lost changed his life. That's how important a blessing could be. In Mark 10, we see a familiar story of Jesus and the children. Okay, let me give it to you in uh, Mark 10, verses 13 to 16, and this is from the message. It says, The people brought children to Jesus, hoping he might touch them. The, di the, the disciples shooed them off, but Jesus was irate and let them know it. Don't push these children away. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are the very center of life in the kingdom. Mark this. Unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. Then, gathering the children up in his arms, he laid his hands of blessing on them. Amazing. Wouldn't you love to have the opportunity to have Jesus hold your child or your grandchild and bless them? Amazing. We can all receive God's blessings. You know, he longs to pick us up and to hold us and to bless us. How does that happen? Just ask him and he'll give it to you. <laughs> Not because you deserve it, but because he loves you. Ephesians 1.3 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. You know, we are blessed because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no other way to explain it. You know, we have the Father that we have because of Jesus Christ. And Jesus over and over emphasized the fact that, you know, God is my Father, but God is your Father as well, if you believe in me. That's all we have to do, is we have to believe in him. That's a pretty easy way to get something that you can get no other way from no other person and there is no other deity that can give the blessing that God can. I know I need to pass my blessing on to my sons and to my daughter and to give them a blessing that, that I never received from my earthly father. But praise God, I received it over and over again from my heavenly father. As Jesus was referring to God as his Father, 
the word that he he would have used was Abba because it was a personal meaning okay not just talking about somebody else's father or talking about being a father but in talking about God being his father the word that he would have used is Abba which takes me to the song Abba Abba Father you are the potter we are the clay the work of your hands mold us mold us and fashion us into the image of Jesus your son of Jesus your son father may we be one in you may we be one in you as he is in you and you are in him glory glory and praise to you glory and praise to you forever amen forever amen abba you are the potter we are the clay the work of your hands the work of your hands abba let's pray Father, I give you thanks that you are my Father. You are the perfect Father. You always keep your promises. You always give us the direction that we need in our lives. That you don't favor one over another. That you love us all equal. And that's a love that we can not even begin to fathom while we're here on earth. Because It's a love that no one else can have for another person except you. Father, I give you thanks and praise you for that love. And Lord, I know that often I fail to to stand up and and be the son that I need to be. And knowing that I don't deserve that blessing that you give me, Lord, you expect me to to do my best and to to be the son that you need me to be, that you want me to be. So, Father, help me to not work harder and not work smarter, but, Lord, to be more open and more direct and to be closer to you. And, Lord, if there's anyone that's listening that that doesn't know you, has not made that decision, has not committed themselves to you, Lord, let now be the time. Lord, let them know that they need to pray a prayer kind of like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I need a Savior. Father, thank you for sending Jesus to be that Savior, the perfect Lamb, the perfect sacrifice that died on the cross for my sins. Father, I thank you that he rose from the dead and he's coming again. Lord, 
Help me to live the life you want me to live and to be the son or the daughter you need me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.